What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined by my man, Gabby Yerudia. We are going to talk recruiting on today's podcast. Uh, we both spent the weekend at a big seven-on-seven tournament in the Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, so we're going to get into that, talk a little bit about um, maybe just some needs in general for Miami and the class of 2022. Kind of use this as a primer of sorts um, with the class of 2021 pretty much done for Miami uh, and the, the class of 2022 on deck. So Gabby, how you doing, man? Good, man. It was cool to, to take all that stuff in. Uh, definitely uh, excited to, to get this thing rolling. Yeah, didn't Miami come out with the official class hashtag for uh, the class of 2022 over the weekend? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, no, I saw that. It was hashtag 22 to the U. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty clever. I thought that was a pretty good one. Yeah, and, and some people are claiming this is a product of the uh, Jake Garcia to the U. Oh, okay. It could be. <laughs> I, 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 could, uh, I, I guess I could see that, but... I mean, I, th- I think it sounds well. It kind of flows uh, pretty well to me. Right. So, like I said, uh, there was a big seven-on-seven tournament in, in, in Fort Lauderdale on Saturday and Sunday, uh, put on by Battle Sports. They do some gear um, for football players. It was in Miami, but it was really in Fort Lauderdale. Kind of irks me. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, I guess, flew into Miami, not realizing that there was a closer airport, but that's a conversation for another day. So we're going to get into that because there was a ton of Miami targets in action. Uh, some guys that Gabby and myself got to see for the first time. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to talk about or, or set the stage for this class of 2022 um, when it comes to Miami. Right now, the Hurricanes have two kids committed in, in the 2022 cycle. I know most of our listeners you know, are still just trying to wrap their heads around all the kids that signed uh, a month ago, but the, the 22 is here. I mean, recruiting is a year round thing, even in a temporary dead period. Um, and Miami has two in the boat right now, two defensive linemen, Jamal Johnson out of Hollywood, Shamanad Madonna prep. We all know how that's a feeder school for Miami. He's a three-star he's committed to Miami. And the other kid is Brandon Cleveland from the Tampa area. He's a top 24, seven defensive lineman as well. So those are the two commits they have. Um, Gabby, have you seen Jamal, correct? What do you think of him? Yeah, I thought I think Jamal's a solid player. Like, you know, he plays a lot of like defensive end for Shaman out of Madonna. I thought he really stepped up like for the team, especially like in the later half of the year, like Kenyatta Jackson missed some time with a knee. And uh, you know, he ended up putting up some pretty big numbers as a junior. So I, I definitely like uh I like Jamal Johnson. I know when we when he committed, we hopped on the pod and talked to him about talked about him a little bit and you know, I think he's someone that, you know, like we've mentioned, can eventually shift inside and kind of be an athletic, you know, interior defensive lineman for Miami. So I'm a, I'm a Jamal Johnson fan. I think he could be – I think he could end up being a pretty good player. Yeah, I, he's, he's definitely – I think a lot of um, the people that are into the recruiting weeds, you know, at some question Miami taking him when they did. But uh, fast forward six months later, and it seems like he was a solid addition. Brandon Cleveland – um, he's at Tampa Carroll a day. He too had a good junior season. I know he just recently picked up an offer from LSU and we're just going to be honest. I think he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, is he going to visit other schools? Um, 
you know, is he, is he going to go through that whole recruitment? I'm not saying he's going to open things back up, but I don't think he, uh, we should, we should mark his name down and pin just yet. I think some things could happen there. I mean, uh, he's hasn't been on campus before, at least to my knowledge. So I think that's one to monitor, but I don't think anything will happen with Jamal Johnson. I think he's kind of locked in with Miami. Um, so those two are in the boat. I guess the question everyone has, what are the Miami's major needs in that 2022 cycle? Yeah, I mean, I think there's I, I think when you just look around, I think you obviously got to look at, you know, I think wide receiver, especially just because, you know, there's not I mean, we've talked about it. It's, it's not a super strong 2022 wide receiver class. I think cornerback definitely. I mean, cornerback, they didn't sign a cornerback last cycle. Like there was there's not a high school cornerback. Obviously, you land Tyreek Stevenson in the portal and that's a big addition. And then you got linebacker. Yeah, I know you got a couple big ones in, in your backyard and Wesley Besanthe and, you know, Travis Lathan, who I'm sure we'll get to. But I think, I mean, those are a couple spots where you can kind of highlight and be like, you know, this is a, those are a couple positions where Miami really needs to, you know, land a couple dudes. And then you just, obviously, you know, every, every cycle, you got to bring in a quarterback. So who that, who that quarterback is going to be next cycle is definitely going to be a, a big question mark too. Yeah. Can I give you my theory on what Miami should do with the numbers kind of moving forward? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I've been thinking long and hard about this, and, and there's been some some message board posts on InsideTheU.com where people are trying to figure out not mock classes, but how would you distribute distribute the the scholarship numbers? You got to remember, right now, given the current NCAA structure, you can only take 25 kids each uh, 12 months. I think it goes August to August, so you got 25 counters. Um, those could be high school kids. Um, transfers graduate transfers junior college kids prep kids it all falls into that same 25 and the more i've thought about it i think if you are miami and really maybe other schools in the country will kind of take this have a similar line of thinking i don't think you sign more than 20 high school kids uh a year in a class and why i think just given how college football is turning into free agency essentially with the transfer portal uh, and, and kids getting a one-time waiver where they don't have to sit out. Like, I think you just got to make room for those guys. So if you sign 20 high schoolers, then that gives you five spots to work with. In the past couple of years, Miami has been very, very active in the transfer portal. And every year it's like, well, if we had one more spot, we would have used it on this guy. So I think, you know, maybe it's a maximum. You only take 20 high school kids and those are ones you really want. And then you save five spots for transfers. And I think and why I say maximum, because I think that might even be a little high. Uh, you know, why not give yourself six or seven spots in the transfer portal to add veterans, add guys that can help you win right away? Because I know Miami right now, uh, they're full. They signed, what, 21 uh, during the early signing period, have added three transfers: Tyreek Stevenson, Charleston Rambo, um, and who's the last one? I'm I'm drawing a blank on it. DeAndre uh, Johnson. DeAndre Johnson. You know, they're full, and I think they would love to make a run at some of these Tennessee football players that are in the transfer portal. But the reality is, they just don't have spots. So that's why I think you try to give yourself some numbers to work with because you never know what's going to happen and who's be going to become available. Yeah. And I think that's interesting just because like, like you're seeing, like you mentioned the situation at Tennessee, like 
again, imagine if Miami had a few more spots where they can be like, oh, let's go get that linebacker. I can't really pronounce his last name, but imagine you can go get a guy like that. Like later on, like obviously you make some good moves with Rambo and with Stevenson and with DeAndre Johnson, but then like, you know, this whole fiasco kind of not comes out of nowhere, but just kind of happens at Tennessee when it does. Once Miami's kind of full and you're left there like, dang, like what you just said, imagine if we had a spot or two to kind of try to go after some of these guys. And I know uh, Josh Pate, who does the late kick cut. I mean, I listen to his podcast all the time. He was talking about how like schools should start having like a, like how they have a, so like a high school scouting department, a JUCO or whatever, that they should start having like an FC or an FCS, FBS scouting department too, to start scouting these guys. Cause you know, with the free agency, like you mentioned, it's almost like you need someone in your program that's going to be able to kind of be looking around and be like, okay, if this kid goes or if this type of player goes, you know, maybe we can go after this guy or guy X or guy Y or whatever it is. And I think that's something that's interesting. And with this one-time transfer rule that, you know, it will be interesting to see if Miami or other schools start kind of developing a role like that for, for situations like you just kind of mentioned. Yeah. I mean, they can hire me. You just basically have to watch a ton of college football. (laughs) That's what it would take. Um, Let's get into this tournament, but I, I do think that's interesting and, and, and something that's going to be a, a role that will uh, evolve. Um, so the tournament, I don't know how many teams there were, but they were they came from, there was one from Utah, one from Arizona, one from Los Angeles, uh, one from Philly, one from Louisiana, um, a bunch of South Florida teams. I've probably drawn a blank on, uh, on some other ones, but there was a lot. Gabby, and I think this was your first seven-on-seven tournament. So like what did you think about it <laughs> yeah it was it was a it was something man like uh i i guess i kind of I, I didn't really know what to expect i guess entirely but i knew it was gonna be like i knew it was gonna be kind of craziness i knew it was gonna take me a minute to like adjust to kind of like the flow and the tempo of things i still don't know how the games are scored i still don't know like really like who won or who lost most of the time but it was just uh it was honestly just cool to get out there and just like just just kind of see and take in all the action see all these guys but it was it was definitely a cool event. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the next one, but it was uh, definitely an experience for sure that I'll remember. Well, here's the rule of thumb. Like every tournament has different scoring rules. Like sometimes you can blitz, sometimes you can't blitz. Um, I never know how long games are. Um, you never know who's on whose team. I saw on Sunday at one point, kids would get eliminated playing with one organization. And then like an hour later, I'd see them playing for some <laughs> other team. I mean, like when I played youth soccer, you had like these player cards, like with your face on it. And like the referees would check those every game. Like you could never get away with what essentially what was going on, yeah. but it's the wild west. It's seven on seven. And uh, it's, you know, a lot of people knock it because it's not real football, but um, it, I, I think there's the potential for you to get a lot of evaluations, you can see how a kid moves, what a kid looks like and all of that. And that's one of my favorite parts about it. You can just see dude after dude after dude, all essentially doing the same thing. And you can really figure out, you know, who's, who's good at doing what, um, some of the high profile kids on hand that have Miami interests. I want to ask you about them, Gabby, just what you thought, Let's start at the top. Kamari Rogers, a cornerback out of the Mississippi area, or not out of the Mississippi area. He lives in Mississippi, but he's a former LSU commit. Uh, Miami, right in the thick of things, according to 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong. I've heard the same. I wrote about it, I think it was last week, that Miami thinks they have some traction. Um, To me, I thought the kid looked amazing on Saturday and Sunday. Interested to, to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought he was, I thought he was really good. Like I thought he was probably, probably one of the better corners out there. Like Domani Jackson, the, the California kid was out there to the five star. And, you know, I mean, I, obviously like that kid's in a kind of a league of his, of his own, but I mean, I didn't see too much of a drop off between him and, and Kamari Rogers. I thought he was a really good player. Like one thing that kind of stood out to me, just like, even after talking to him, like I kind of noticed he was like a quiet, like kind of kid, like a little soft spoken. And then you kind of see him on the field. And I kind of saw like, not like, again, I had one conversation with him, but a different side of him kind of came out and you kind of saw him like kind of bring out that confidence that he kind of just carries with him on the field. And I thought he did a really good job. Like one of the matchups that was intriguing to me was just, you know, when he played the Immortals, like going up against uh, Jalen Brown, who's a 2023 top 100 wide receiver, who I know both of us are pretty high on. And I mean, I, I didn't see Jalen Brown catch a ball that actually counted, you know, like you know, I thought he did a really good job covering him. And uh, so I was I was I was really, really impressed with with Kamari Rogers for sure. Yeah, I, I have described him as a he's got a grasshopper type build. And what do I mean by that? He's got really long legs, and my, my first exposure to Kamari Rogers was last year, same time at this event, and he must have been uh, 145 pounds tops. Uh, he has filled out a little bit, um, got some bounce to him, got some twitch to him. I think he, if he were to come to Miami, I think he would be the best cover corner that the Hurricanes have would have signed or, or will have signed, assuming he you know, pick Miami and sign with him, uh, probably since I've been on the beat. Like, I think he has that high of a ceiling, definite top two, four, seven guy for me. And like we said, Steve Wilfong, he, he wrote a story about how Miami's in it. I've heard the same DeMarcus Van Dyke getting involved. So will be a name to know, you know, this is the time of the year. If you follow recruiting for Miami, um, we start throwing a whole bunch of different names at you. Uh, and, and I, what I love to do is just kind of dumb it down and, and give you the names you need to know. I think Kamari Rogers will be a name to know um, for the next couple of months, at least until at least he makes a decision. Former LSU commit, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss also involved, but that that's one to monitor. Another guy who I thought had an awesome tournament is was Kamari's teammate on, on the Louisiana Bootleggers, Shaz Preston. Um, Gabby, what'd you think of him? Cause he had the catch. I thought of the tournament with a one hander in the end zone. I tweeted it out on my feed. Um, but Miami's involved with him and he looked the part. Yeah. I thought he had like the, like maybe like three of the top five catches of the tournament. Like he made, he made a few, I mean, on, on Saturday, he made one right on, like right in front of me. It was, it wasn't that one hander that you were talking about, but that one was, was insane. He just made another one. where We just kind of went over the top of the, of the corner. I can't remember what team it was against, but just, just an amazing play. And then he made one again on the, on the grass fields on the other side where, you know, just corner of the end zone, just went up, beat his guy one-on-one. -on -one. And I got, I got a video of that. I think you did too. And just like, I, I just feel like you just saw so many times we just shot, saw Shaz Preston just kind of get lined up man on man. They just throw the ball up his, in his direction and he just found a way to come down with it. So, I mean, I thought he was one of the more college ready receivers at the event. Like I, I just thought he, I thought he looked awesome. Um, I mean, if I, I if I'm Miami, if I'm Rob Likens, um, I'm making sure that he knows that he's kind of wanted at Miami because you know I thought he was I thought he was really really impressive. Yeah, and you wrote a story on Inside the U uh, Monday morning. He has spoken with Ed Reed. Shaz has. Yeah, yeah. He was talking to me like, like you know just I guess during this season uh, at one point. Uh, Miami kind of put him on the phone with Ed Reed before one of the games. And he was just, he was telling him how he wants to get a, a St. James boy at, at Miami. I, you know, uh, Ed Reed, obviously a, a Louisiana native, like takes a lot of pride in that came down to Miami, obviously had 
a Hall of Fame NFL career. So, you know, him, him having that phone call with Shaz, like on, at least from Shaz's end, was, a, was definitely a big deal because he kind of cited, like, you know, the history of the program and all the people Miami have kind of brought in and then talked specifically about Ed Reed and then, like, mentioned how they spoke on the phone. So I think that was a, I think that was a big moment for him and something that's, that's definitely stuck with him all these months if it happened during the season. Yeah, and, you know, for those who have no idea who Shaz Preston is, he is a top 24-7 wide receiver, um, thick in the upper half. You know, I think he would be a guy who could catch a high volume of targets in, in uh, Miami's offense, more specifically Rhett Lashley's offense, um, be, a, be a slot guy in the middle. But, yeah, he, he initially, I, I think in the tournament, uh, I was kind of like, oh, this is him. And then I, I don't know what he did, what he ate or, or what, but he flipped a, a switch and it was, it was impressive, especially in those um, elimination games. Uh, one more guy or, or two more guys. Let's stick with receivers. Uh, Kion Gray. Is it Graves or Grays? Or you don't even know. I think it's Grays. Grays. Yeah, I think it's Grays. He, he's a wide receiver out of Arizona. was playing for the Tucson Turf. Now they're not a top two four seven kid. He's actually two four seven as a three star. Um, but this is a guy that Rob Likens has a relationship with, and one we probably haven't mentioned Miami being a contender with yet, right? Yeah, I mean, not 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 so much. I mean, we I know we've talked about in the past, like he visited Miami with the seven on seven team. You know, I think it was this basically around this time last year, and uh, you know, again, he's in South Florida again. And so he's been in South Florida twice in the last calendar year, which is, I guess, good news for like, you know, West Coast guy. I actually caught up with him and he said that like, you know, yeah, he loves South Florida. He loves Miami. He loves like the area that, you know, like obviously like the schools like Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon that are involved. But, you know, he has a relationship with with Rob Likens. I think he said I think he told me that Rob Likens was the first guy to offer him back when he was at Arizona State and, you know, offered him again now when he was in Miami. And he's, he had some good things to say about about uh, about the Hurricanes and about Likens. So you know, who knows if the doors, I mean, the door might not be shut there, even though there's, there is some other programs involved. Yeah. And, and, and Ohio state was the other program or, or was it Arizona? Like who, who else did you think was involved? Cause I didn't even talk to the kid. Yeah, no, I, Ohio, he definitely mentioned Ohio state and, you know, you go on the 24 seven profile and like, that's one of his warm programs. So I think that that's just like a, a general consensus from, from some people, you know, within the network. And then, yeah, he, I did ask him about, uh, Arizona because he was committed to Arizona and then he recently backed off yeah. of it once uh, Kevin Sumlin uh, was fired and uh, you know he told me that before he came over here he was actually on FaceTime with Jed Fish and uh, you know who was just recently hired at Arizona and that whole entire offensive staff and I told him I was like it's pretty cool like Jed Fish was actually one time the offensive coordinator at Miami so I just told him that there was a you know some, some sort of connection there just to kind of you know just for the sake yeah. of conversation and yeah so uh, I think Arizona's still going to be in the in the picture there for him. You mentioned Likens, uh, the next guy. He likes to call Rob Likens, Rob Likens. <laughs> uh, and that's Sam Mbake, a, a top 24-7 receiver from the Georgia area. He was playing for a group out of California. Honestly, I've seen Mbake. Uh, I'd have to count on two hands with the amount of different teams I've seen him play for on the 7-on-7 <laughs> circuit over the years. It seems like every week he's on a, like, a different team. Um you know, he's like been on Fast Houston, which is out of Houston. He was on Ground Zero, which is obviously uh, out of California. It's just wild. Uh, he, he told me Miami is in his um, top group. Also likes Georgia. I think they will be the team to beat um, if they want him. Penn State and, and Coach Stubbs is in there as well. 
Um, did you get a chance to see him? He's like a bigger, bigger wide receiver. Miami does not have something like him on the roster. And when I say big, he's not um, necessarily the tallest, but he's, he's thick in that lower half, and he does an excellent job of kind of shielding um, smaller defensive backs and getting the ball. Yeah, I actually wrote that this morning where I wrote up like just like my observations of just guys that I, that I saw across like, you know, over the course of the weekend. And like I, I wrote like when I first saw him, I was like, oh, this California team has this has this tight end, like this nice looking tight end. Like I just that's who I thought he was. It was before I knew it was it, before I knew it was Mbake. And then, you know, you kind of pointed out to me that it was him. And I was like, OK, like he's he's a big bodied kid like you just kind of mentioned. And yeah, I mean, it's the, the frame is definitely intriguing. Miami de- definitely doesn't have anything like him on the roster and you know I actually got to spoke I got to speak with him a little bit and you know it seemed like he was pretty informed on like what was going on at Miami like he was saying oh yeah. I like how they're gonna you know play some of the younger receivers like he mentioned Romello Brinson by name as I know he's a kid from Georgia like it's I thought it was kind of I don't know if that happens but he was just like oh yeah Romello Brinson is a guy with like you know similar offer sheet as me and you know he decided to go play at Miami so if he can like you know that that could be an option for me too and you know, he said, oh, I like that they're going to play the, the younger guys. And, you know, he actually, I guess, before quarantine, before the whole pandemic hit, he was working out at IMG Academy and uh, KJ Osborne was there working out with him. So he said that, you know, for a few weeks there, uh, he got to know KJ and KJ would kind of like, you know, talk up Miami to him or just kind of tell him about his experience at Miami. And I think that's a, another factor there that's kind of kept him kind of intrigued with the, with the program. Yeah, he was texting me. I guess he had some food truck. Uh, in the Fort Lauderdale area, like some egg roll food truck. He's like, I, I love it here. I'm like, okay. Like it was, it was just like the most random text. <laughs> I'm, good. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> exhausted on my couch. Um, one, one quick note, and then we're going to take a break and get into some other kids. I, I will point out uh, a lot of people want to, since Miami has hired Tavares Robinson or, or T Rob have wondered what kind of impact he will have on the recruiting trail. Um and on Sunday, at one point, I was walking around the fields, and Jaheim Singletary, he's a, a five-star corner, um, top three corner in the country. He's out of the Jacksonville area, Robert E. Lee. He actually came up to me, and he goes, hey, man, Miami's definitely like involved in my recruitment. I'm like, oh, like you just committed to Ohio State. What do you mean? He goes, well, I'm a big T-Rob fan. Like, I really like T-Rob. That's my guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm probably going to talk to them moving forward. So I thought that was interesting that, um, you know, this guy that just shut it down was all Ohio State, felt the need. It's not like I went up to him for this interview. Like, he stopped me as I was walking by and, and said that. So um, T-Rob definitely Miami already getting that boost, I think, on the recruiting trail. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Other side, going to get into some more, maybe not as high profile guys, but guys that could absolutely sign with Miami uh, and be parts of this 2022 recruiting class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, Gabby. Um, I mentioned there was three South Florida teams uh, at, at the tournament, the Miami Immortals, South Florida Express, and uh, DEFCON, who ended up winning the whole thing. I know you spent a lot of the tournament following those teams around. One guy I want to ask you about, uh, was wearing Miami gloves. And this is a guy that you actually have a crystal ball pick in to end up at Miami. And that's Mike Jackson, the speedy, speedy wide receiver out of Miami Palmetto. Uh, he made a play on Saturday where I, like my jaw dropped, just took a nice little slant and then just hit some extra gear uh, and left everyone in the dust. It was, it was pretty impressive. What did you think of him and, and what's going on in that recruitment? Yeah. Mike Jackson is, is just fast, man. Like that's really like the way to describe him. Like he's just like, we just mentioned, he really has an extra gear. Like he just, he, he turns on the jets and he's like, he's gone. There's not a lot of people that are going to catch him once he hits like that top speed. So I was, I thought he definitely showed some flashes. I think that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you kind of mentioned Chaz Preston as like a high volume guy. Like I think Mike Jackson could potentially be like a slot guy where, you know, you kind of just, you just dink it, dink and dunk it to him and he can kind of get you a couple extra yards just with his legs alone. So I thought that he showed some, some good things. Um, we also learned that he was Tyreek Stevenson's cousin. Yeah. So that was, that was a, a nice, another interesting uh, nugget to come out of that. But, you know, with his recruitment, I think Miami's very much involved. Like I, I feel pretty good about, you know, my crystal ball being on Miami. If, uh, you know, he told me that, you know, just, I was just having a casual conversation with him and he was saying that, you know, Rob Likens is, is, you know, talking to him pretty regularly. Like, you know, that they're kind of keeping in communication and, he was telling me that Georgia and uh, West Virginia were a couple other schools there that, that have kind of been talking to him. And, you know, I think that, you know, the, the speed's just very intriguing. So it's, it's, it's not surprising to me. Like you hear Georgia and it's like, okay, like they can probably go get whoever they want. Do they really want, you know, a, a slot guy out of, out of South Florida, but you know, you can't, there's really not a lot of, a lot of guys that possess the speed Mike Jackson has. So it'll definitely be interesting. And then West Virginia is obviously known for taking these speedster type of guys, and kind of uh, making them into something, you know, they could always kind of hang their hat, hat on the the whole Tavon Austin thing. So it's, it was actually like Mike Jackson's a guy that mentioned Miami. There's another guy we met, we mentioned that we'll get to later on that also mentioned West Virginia and Tavon Austin specifically that uh, it kind of makes sense to me, I guess. Hey, uh, you know, Mike Jackson might be on the smaller side, but so was Isaiah McKenzie. Georgia signed yep. him out of American Heritage Plantation. Yep. He turned into a fifth round draft pick. And I think he's he's currently on the Buffalo Bills, I, I believe, right? Yeah, he absolutely. I think he had a career day against the Miami Dolphins. Like, <laughs> just eliminate him for the playoffs. So, yeah, that was a that was full circle right there. I do think Mike Jackson. I mean, would solve some of the issues for Miami in the in the return game, but obviously he's uh, a few years away. Um, quarterback. That's a something all people always want to talk about. There was. For a seven-on-seven seven tournament, and I know you you haven't been into a ton of these, Gabby. Like this was probably one of the weakest w- waves of, of quarterbacks I've seen. I, I don't even know if there was really um, a, a four-star there. Uh, there were some guys in the twenty twenty-three that have a chance, but it was 
it was kind of a ho-hum group there. And there was one that one arm that Miami is looking at, and that's Zion Turner, the kid out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He was playing for the Miami Immortals, rotating uh, with Carson Haggard, who is Gulliver Preps quarterback. Just kind of what did you think of him? I think, I mean, I know you saw him playing pads this season, but they ran the ball a lot. So just your thoughts and do you think he could be a fit at Miami? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely excited to watch him play because, you know, like you mentioned, like St. Thomas Aquinas runs the ball a ton. So I definitely wanted to see him kind of just like let it go and just kind of like see him show off that arm. I thought he showed some flashes, you know, I thought I still think that he kind of has some room to grow as a passer, like you mentioned. I mean, I didn't see I didn't really see any quarterback uh, in the camp that was just like, like, oh, man, like this kid's like really, really impressive. But I thought he showed some good things. Um, I thought he had a strong connection with Camden Brown, who's going to be one of his receivers at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. So I think that's probably good news for, for the Raiders and Roger Harriet's group. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think it could, could potentially be a fit with just like, I mean, I think I trust Rhett Lashley as a, as a quarterback developer. And I think if, uh, you know, Zion's a guy that, that he likes, I think that uh, I think it could potentially work out. I know that there's a couple other schools that are involved too. Like he, he spilled to me that, you know, uh, Mike Boba Auburn, who's their new offensive coordinator, just kind of reached out. So I think there's a chance that they start, you know, maybe creating some contact there. And he also said Kentucky, again, West Virginia and LSU or a couple other schools there. So, um, I mean, I'm definitely intrigued with Zion Turner. Again, like he might not be like number one, like solidified at the top of my personal rankings at the quarterback position for Miami. But I think he could be an option if, you know, things, if some of the dominoes start falling and, you know, it seems like they might not get some of the, guys maybe higher on the board than Zion. So this is this is my my take on on Zion Turner and I shared this with number any pretty much anyone that wanted to hear it over the weekend. Like I think he is talented. Um I think he's still figuring at, it out as a passer. Do I think he could be a guy for Miami? I'm not sure yet. I would say yes 100% right now if he was a super elusive runner like a guy that is similar or close to Derek King with the ball in his hands. And I just don't think Zion is there yet. I mean, he could be, um, I mean, he can run the read option and all that stuff, but if he, if he was an elite elusive guy in the open field, I think he would be a no brainer for Miami. And right now I'm just not sure that is him. So I, I you know, they're going to keep recruiting him. I, I honestly don't know where exactly he sits on the board. That's just, it's kind of my thought, but he is, he does have the size um, and, and he can rip it every, every now and then. So certainly an interesting uh, prospect. Another guy with the last name Turner, not related, at least to my knowledge, Ryan Turner, a cornerback out of Hollywood, Chaminade, Madonna prep. He was playing for SFE, South Florida express Miami, obviously pretty much gets what it wants from Chaminade. I'm just wondering, Gabby, what did you think of him? I thought he was good. I thought he was really good. Um, I, 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 two plays stick out to me uh, of Ryan Turner, and they both happened on Saturday. I think, uh, I, again, I can't remember who exactly uh, SFE was playing, but they were, they were right on the goal line. And, you know, he they, they, both times they went right at Ryan Turner's direction, and both times he deflected the pass. And, you know, he kind of held off the team from scoring. I believe that they turned it over. And, uh, you know, he just made two big-time plays right at the goal line. So I thought Ryan Turner um, definitely looked good. I thought he showed – I thought he showed that he, you know, maybe not the top corner in South Florida. I mean, you got Earl Little, you got Jacoby Spells, you got a couple guys there. But I think uh, Ryan Turner is definitely, you know, worthy of, you know, consideration from Miami. I think that he's a guy that could potentially play at Miami. Uh, you know, I was talking to him about, 
you know, DeMarcus Van Dyke and, you know, he's a big DeMarcus Van Dyke guy and got, got really, really like happy and smiley kind of talking about Miami, you know, he just got a Clemson offer and a Florida offer. So he was kind of like, you know, saying things were even or whatever, but the Miami we're talking about Miami seemed to really leave an impression on him. And, uh, you know, he is at that pipeline, Hollywood Shalmanad Monada program that you kind of noted earlier with Jamont Johnson. So, uh, you never know what happens there, but I thought he, I thought he had a, a pretty strong showing at, like throughout the weekend. Yeah. You, you mentioned Earl little, I think you had already left. Uh, Earl was hanging out. He, he did not participate in the uh, seven on seven tournament. He was hanging out, just watching. And then as the sun went down, uh, he went through a workout, a uh, little brief little footwork workout with one of his coaches and having watched Damani Jackson Jaheim Singletary, um, Will Johnson, who's a five-star corner out of Michigan, um, Kamari Rogers, Jordan Allen. So basically, I, I think I saw oof, like eight of the top twenty corners in the class of twenty twenty-two or class of twenty twenty-two work out at, at some point in some capacity over the past two days. I thought Earl was the f- most fluid out of all of them. I was like, wow, like NFL guy. Um, so he's definitely a, a priority and a want for Miami. Uh, but guy, you know, it was just I hadn't seen him since the season. And I was like, damn, this was a good refresher. Like he is yeah. he is really, really good. Uh, one more uh, I wanted to ask you about because I think he's an intriguing prospect uh, just in terms of what Miami's going to do, you know, they're going to have to take a tight end. Um, I mean, they don't have to, but they, they will. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're zeroed in on anyone. And probably the best tight end in South Florida is DeCarlo Donaldson. He was at Gulliver Prep. He, they call him some. What's his nickname? It's like not CJ. even. CJ. What is, yeah. I'm like, they're like, oh, where's CJ? I'm like, who? Uh, <laughs> but he, he, he had a pretty uh, productive few days uh, catching passes and you know, he's probably 6'2", but he is a, a thick 225, and he can move. Um, what do you think of him? I, I like the Carlo Donaldson. Like, I went to I went to a few Gulliver prep games this year. Like, you know, that's kind of like right down the street from my house, not far from me at all. So I, I was I spent a, quite a bit of time there, and I thought he had a really good junior season too. Like, he was, re- again, like what you mentioned, he was really good just over the weekend. Like, I just thought he – I was really impressed by, like, his hands and – you know, just how well he was able to kind of create separation, even in this environment where it's a lot of like corners and safeties, defensive backs. And he was kind of still able to leave his mark at six, two. And again, like, you know, kind of like, you know, a bulky kid that definitely has some mass on him. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, like you, again, you mentioned the South Florida tight ends. Like, I don't know how many there are exactly. I know it's uh, Donaldson, maybe Julian Lewis from Western and Mason Taylor is another kid that got a knocker, but I mean, Donaldson has looked, uh, has looked really solid and he's, he, he actually already holds a Miami offer. So, I mean, I, I was definitely intrigued by him. I was like, I was really impressed with him. I didn't like, I knew he was good. Cause again, like I'd seen him play, but I didn't know he was like, like that, like kind of like what he showed on Saturday. So definitely yeah. left impressed by him. Well, that's the thing. Again, everyone wants to knock seven on seven, but you take a tight end who might only get 25 targets all season. Um, you're not, you, you don't get much of a sample size and you go out to a seven on seven tournament and that guy is getting five, six targets a game. Uh, so you can figure out real fast just how they are ball skills, how they control themselves in the air. Um, that's one of the also beauties of seven-on-seven seven football. Um, last I, thing I got from, from my end, Gabby, anyone who caught your eye out there that you think Miami should offer, 
should get involved with. Um, it could be multiple guys, but it, just anyone you're like, ah, this guy should, Miami should be in on this guy. It doesn't even have to be a guy from South Florida. Again, there was teams from all across the country there. Yeah. Well, I mean, one guy, definitely that, I, I mean, I, I got to give credit to you because you're the one that pointed him out to me and like kind of told me who he was. And that's Devon Mortimer, who's a receiver out of, out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. And my gosh, that kid was unreal all weekend. Like he, he was, he was so good. Like he's just unbelievable speed. Like we talked about Mike Jackson and kind of like that play, but Mortimer had one too in that championship game where he kind of like, you know, he took a short out and then he just, he just turned on the jets and just like, I was just like, no one's going to catch him. Like no one's going to get this kitty. Like he just, he had to cut a little bit of open field and he was just gone. So, I mean, I just think he just has really, really impressive speed. Um, I, I think that he's someone that Miami should go after. I know he has a couple offers and he, he's the, he's the one that mentioned Tavon Austin and, and West Virginia to me. So you can kind of, I, I looked at, and he says something like that. I'm just like, all right, like, I don't blame you. You know, like that's obviously something that again, maybe he's not Tav- Tavon Austin, but like, you can kind of see why he would, appreciate that style with his skill set and you know he told me he was actually he's actually been on the phone with Miami so you know who knows if an offer comes you know soon down the road but I definitely think he's someone that Miami should get involved with um the other one I'm gonna go with Anthony Rose just like the the safety out of Hallandale he's one of the four that were on the the call with uh with T-Rob and you know I just think he's a super intriguing prospect you know six four you know he's super rangy at that safety position um, you know, he played corner at Carroll city last year. So he has a lot of those cover skills and, you know, could potentially, I don't know, maybe play corner. I don't, I don't really know what the, what the situation would be there, but he looks like a safety to me. Um, my whole thing is like, I don't know if he can tackle cause you even turn on his junior tape and it's like, I, he just picked off a bunch of balls and batted down a bunch of balls and all that stuff. I didn't really see a whole lot of him like actually tackling, but I mean, just his, his skill set is something that's, that's super intriguing to me. And, uh, I would, I would like to see Miami potentially, you know, go after a guy like that. Yeah. I think Miami's looking at both of them. Uh, Mortimer 10, nine, five last year to open up his track season before uh, the shutdown happened. I mean, he told me he thinks he would have got close to 10, five. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe five special teams touchdowns and six games as a junior uh, Dillard, you know, they opted out of the state playoff series. So they just played a few games and then we're in that South Florida playoff, but he is electric with the ball in his hands. He's the reason why DEFCON won, uh, I, in my opinion, why they beat the bootleggers. He had the first touchdown, which was a wheel route mm-hmm. uh, where he got it, secured it over his shoulder and strolled into the end zone. And then late in the game took a nice little like a shallow out or something and then essentially outran a bootleggers defense that had six top two four seven prospects (laughs) in it so um yeah i've i've kind of made my statement that i think he's probably the top slot receiver in south florida for the next cycle and uh i i think it kind of verified that on uh on sunday so yeah i'm a big fan of him Absolutely not. He was, he was, he was really, really good. Is there anyone that like caught your attention? Anyone like kind of like anyone else, I guess maybe I didn't mention that, that you kind of, sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, those are, those are two guys. I think um, for sure Uh, getting a chance to see Wesley Bisthane move around uh, Tavoris Lathan as well, or is it Travoris Lathan? Both those guys are linebackers for the Miami Immortals. I mean, I wrote last week, that Miami has these guys really high on their board. And I think that's important because they're both 
over six foot one. Um, they're lean, but they're athletic. And I think Miami needs to get lean in an athletic at linebacker. Yeah. You, you can play a Corey flag here and there, but you need guys that can run. You need guys that can cover. And I saw that from both those guys, Lathan, um, in one of those games, I mean, he like mossed someone in the end zone yeah. for, for a touchdown, um, took like another, uh, catch and run type deal. So, so those are guys that stood out to me. Um, you know, no one, I'll give you one more, uh, Isaiah guy. He was playing in the secondary for the South Florida express. Uh, he's from the Ocala area. I think he's at forest high school. This is my first time ever seeing him. I just, had kind of seen his tape um, and, you know, eventually I'm going to have to rank him, but I think he too is kind of in this new age linebacker uh, era that we're looking for guys that play other positions, but have like a linebacker frame. And I think he could be one of those guys, no idea if Miami's going to get involved, but um, he's another one that, that stood out to me. Yeah, no, that true. The thing with, with Lathan is just like what you were saying, like he's a, he is a linebacker like he's built like a linebacker but you see him making plays at at receiver like really making impressive plays like at receiver for that immortals team and i think again it just shows like that athleticism you're talking about at linebacker i think lathan's one of those guys that that absolutely fits the mold of like you know just kind of like the new age linebacker that can also cover um one more note uh where was i gonna go with this oh uh aaron hester edge rusher out of the Jacksonville beach area was scheduled to make a commitment on January 28th. He's a 2022 kid. Now sounds like he is holding off. He got offers from Michigan and Penn state. Um, and, and it seems like he wants more times to think things over. It was, it was Miami and FSU battle, but now, you know, they're taking a step back and there's a ton of people on our message board that are like, Oh, Miami doesn't need to leave South Florida for an edge rusher, but I, I would encourage you to watch his tape. I think he's a twitchy guy and look, man, if Penn state and Michigan all of a sudden are after uh, an edge rusher, I think the kid's pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys watch the NFL draft, both those, uh, <laughs> both those programs have, have churned out some guys. So has Miami. Um, so I, I would trust the coaching staff uh, evaluation with those guys. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that will do it for this uh, podcast. I don't know when me and David will be back. Gabby, tell everyone what you got coming up over the next few days. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I talked with a bunch of guys over the course of the week, you know, conversations with Earl Litter, with wow, Earl Little, Kamari Rogers, um, you know, a whole bunch of guys. It's almost hard to like just remember everyone I talked to off the top. I had Brandon Innes. Uh, Nathaniel Joseph, a couple of top uh, sophomore wide receivers, uh, a whole bunch of guys that, that I was able to catch up with. So just stay tuned on to and locked into insidetheu.com for all those conversations. I'm going to be posting those over the course of the week. All right. Last question I have for you. Tyreek Stevenson was at the tournament. Is he a corner or is he a safety? I mean, he was just wow. hanging out. He, he was just hanging out. He looks like a safety to me, like all the way. Uh, we'll see if he plays corner, uh, but physically, I mean, uh, honestly, just looks like an SEC football player, which is big for Miami, but yeah, yeah I think he looks like a, sa- a safety. All right. Well, hope your mentions survive that comment. Yeah. We- we'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. All right, guys.